Have you ever asked yourself, what's the best way I can contribute to sci-fi and fantasy in the literary world? If you have, the answer is simple. You just have to be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt and host the Sword and Laser podcast. If for some reason you can't be Veronica Belmont or Tom Merritt, however, don't despair. All is not lost. You can still head over to patreon.com slash swordandlaser and help fund their hard work. Every cent you give adds more swords and more lasers to their growing arsenal of speculative literary goodness. That's patreon.com slash swordandlaser. Everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. Not kidding, she is. Also, I'm Todd Merritt. <laughs> Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and awesome discussions from fans just like you. Did you notice we tell them we bring them author interviews in the shows that don't have author interviews? But I guess that makes sense, because if it is an author interview, that's pretty obvious. Yeah, and we want them to know that sometimes there are going to be, in the future and in the past, author interviews. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, good. I'm glad we've quality controlled our intro in front we of clear, everyone. We cleared that up? Yeah. Phil, feel, feel good. How the, showing how the sausage gets made? This is going to be the best sausage we've ever made. Hey, tonight is a, a banner evening, Tom. A Bruce banner evening? <laughs> no, that would be very violent. Um I just want you to know that tonight I am drinking the final Omission Lager. All right. I'm just going to go to our previous show notes then and mm-hmm. copy over the... Oh, no. Uh-huh. You had water. That mm. one. Yeah. So, oh, here we go. Omission Lager. Great. Done. I'm having water because you had water last time. So, figured I'd so balance that Just out. copied that over? I'll just copy your water over from the previous <laughs> show. There. Good. Yeah. Uh, no, I... I don't know why. I'm just getting old. I mean, it's evening. I could totally have a drink. I oh, just mm-hmm. didn't get one. And last night I had a cider, um, an Anthem pear cider. Okay. Uh, we can pretend that's happening now if you want. <laughs> if you want. Theater of the mind, ladies and gentlemen. Imagine me yesterday at the Alibi Room in Los Angeles having a pear cider. Oh, I saw um, Eileen's Instagram story about that. And she, you guys were practicing your Japanese. I was yeah. I was working on a little of uh, uh, a little app trying to get was that, um, get some hiragana on. on. Was, was that creepy that I no? Said that, I don't that think it was creepy. Like I mean, we life. we published it in public. Yeah, but it's kind of weird to like bring it up in another context, being like, "Oh, by the way, I saw when you were having a nice drink out with your <laughs> well, it's wife." Not like that you were, were also you were practicing like leaning over my shoulder, and I didn't know you were there. But like virtually, I was. But on per- but we were like, "That's okay. That's why she put it up on Instagram. Otherwise, it would have okay. been on a private account, right?" That's true. That's true. Okay. I don't feel like you can get mad at somebody <laughs> for bringing up something. You're like, "Hey, I only posted that in public for a few people to look at." Like that doesn't make sense. The only time I'm ever confused is when someone does a callback to something I posted on social media, but like six years ago. Oh, yeah. Like, remember that time you saw the lead singer Rob from Third Eye Blind in the deli? That didn't actually happen. And I'll be like, what? And you're like, like did I? Did I? Does that happen? And yeah. they're like, yeah, yeah. You posted it on Twitter. And they'll go back and be like, oh, sh- wow. Wow. Huh? I really did meet the guy from Third Eye Blind in the deli. Rob Thomas. That's his name. Oh, right. Yeah. Different Rob Thomas than the one I know. Do you know Rob I know Thomas? a guy named Rob Thomas. <laughs> okay, yeah. okay. That's super They're not the same. I'm not the same dude. <laughs> oh, Tom, let's jump into the quick burns. Let's do. Uh, Stephen and Louie 
Uh, both let us know about the first little teaser and then the first full trailer of the story of your life. This is a movie starring Jeremy Renner of Hawkeye fame, Amy okay. Adams of all the movies fame, but we know it best because we're sword and laser people as the freaking pick that we picked for you a long time ago. Aren't we the best sword and laser? We already read this. Two things. One, the movie is called First Arrival. I know. But it's based on Story of Your Life by Ted Chiang. Right, but I had to set interview. it up that way so we could be all gloaty about it. And also, I'm kind of offended that you named Jeremy Renner first. Because this is an Amy Adams movie. Best for last. Mm-hmm. How, how do you put the credits out? You put the it, you put the uh, people that you are said, like mm-hmm. low, not low end, but you put like the secondary star and then you have the biggest star last. But on the poster, you do the biggest star to the Am left. Am I a poster to you? Descending. Do I look like a poster? Listen, I'm just saying misogyny that's all i'm just saying i'm just saying i'm just putting it out there you're just saying just, you hate I'm women tom because you said jeremy renner first i'm just kidding um but yeah i'm no this I, is I definitely an amy adams movie it she is dr banks rad yeah it looks really good it looks like they're going to try to tell this story which is a very difficult story i would think to tell in a movie um i I, I don't want to go over spoilers because we, we read the story a long time ago-ish. Not long time ago-ish, but long enough that we may have new listeners now who didn't hear the interview or, or hear the original piece on it. So I don't want to, you know, talk about the ending at all. But I had to go I had to go yeah, back and be here. like, this was a very circular tale, and I'm tr- really trying to remember exactly what happened. Uh, and then I refreshed my memory, or rather Tom refreshed my memory when we looked it up. And I'm excited to see this brought to the big screen. A little nervous. It looks very thrillery. Yeah, I think they're going to tell it linearly. Uh, that's just a guess. I don't really know that. But from the trailer, it seems like they're just going to show the events, which is kind of what they did uh, with Mars Um with Andy Weir's uh, book, The Martian. The Martian with Mars. <laughs> with Mars. Uh, with Andy Weir's book, The Martian, is is they they didn't break it up into the like into the different you know like timelines that we got when we read it mm-hmm. because it, you know at first when you read the book you don't realize you're going to get any other perspective than his, uh, but they they told it more linearly. I'm expecting that Arrival, which is the name of the movie, will probably do the same. Um, which. That's hmm, that's hard because without spoiling it, the story of your life's whole underpinnings have to do with a change in the perception of time. Right. So I, I don't know if they're going to tell it linearly. Well, I, think I wonder they how they're going to handle it. Something that. a little more creative. Yeah, yeah, they could. They could. You, you might be absolutely right. But anyway, I'm super excited. The trailer looks great. Amy Adams looks like she does a great job. I actually um, don't even remember what Jeremy Renner did in the trailer. He's just another science guy, yeah. I think. Lawrence Fishburne is in it, too, Oh, right? um, no. Or no, Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. Mm-hmm. What? Nothing, nothing. Oh. I mean, you know, oh. just okay. saying mistaken right. names okay. for people. Okay. Just, you know, it's a glass All house that right. I'm not going to throw a stone in, okay. personally. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, Mark has a post about George R. R. Martin's wild cards. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, wild cards is coming to TV. <laughs> you okay there? Yeah, I'm okay. All right. Uh, I'm wild okay. cards is coming to TV. 
Uh, Mark was actually confused, and, and rightly so, because George's post just sort of assumes everyone knows how Hollywood works. And he's like, so Universal Cable Productions has it. And Mark's like, I guess this means it's coming to sci-fi. I can't really tell. What's going on is Universal Cable Productions, which is owned by NBC, which also owns Sci-Fi and owns USA, is has the, has picked up the development rights for it. And then Universal Cable Productions will most likely give it to one of their NBC networks. Uh, could be USA Network, could, could be Sci-Fi, would make sense in either case. Uh, USA doing a great job with Mr. Robot, for instance. Or it could go somewhere else. Uh, sometimes these production houses take their shows elsewhere. This is such a hot property, I can't imagine NBC would let it go to another network, but we will see. It's just in the development series. What is odd about that is usually when something's in development, you don't hear a peep about it. So first of all, George R. R. Martin gets to do this long rambling post about it when he's not even going to work on the show. He's exclusive to Game of Thrones with HBO. Uh, so he's only acting as the author of the source material here. And then second of all, Tamahome pointed out that they have now opened up to suggestions from people about which characters they would like to see in the first episode of the Wild Cards TV show. Yeah, and there's a huge post about it, as we mentioned, over on George R. R. Martin's live journal. I love, I love that he is still, I, I think he's the only person still on live journal. I worry that live journal is going to go under and then what George R. R. Martin will be lost. Where will he blog? Yeah. His bloggins. Where will he write no. how he's feeling, what his current mood is? Just, his current mood just, right now is excited. He'll buy Live Journal. That's what'll happen. Can you even put a mood other than on a Facebook post and well, any yeah. other kind of like No, Facebook has come full Live Journal, hasn't it? I hadn't even put yeah. that together. With their yeah. emotes, their emote likes or whatever they call them. Totally. Reactions. That's what they call them. Reactions. Live journal's um, like also, we've been doing that for decades, Facebook. Yeah. We started that, um, for the most part. Uh, yeah, this is this is exciting. Um, I have still not yet read any of the wild card novels. Um, that is on me. I, I understand that. Uh, it's something I intend to fix at some point. Um, but also, George R. R. Martin is commenting back to people's comments on his live journal page, and I just I adore him. I adore him. I know it's so cool. Well, he's so excited. I think he's very, he he shows he has a little alien excited emotion. Yeah, I mean, right there. Yeah, you could see it right there in his mood. I I wonder if he's excited because Game of Thrones is such a albatross around his neck. He mm. he is he is under the gun. He's working on it, people. But he knows that people are upset that the next book hasn't come out. He knows that people are weirded out that the TV show has gotten ahead of his books. Uh, and so to get to go to wild cards and be like, not only is this not an albatross around my neck, but I'm not even responsible for the show. This is great. I'm going to have fun with this. Yeah, that, that's exciting. Um, hey, by the way, speaking of which, um, if you want something new to read and there's tons of great stuff out there, uh, we always highly recommend the uh, Story Bundle collections. And the latest one is the Star Word Bound Bundle. Um, this one is curated by Martin Key, and there's some really good options here. So you can, uh, how does how does Story Bundle works? How again? It's 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 got like a system to it. I haven't done it in a long time. I should have looked this up before. You buy the bundle. Um, okay, the concept is simple. There's a fixed set of books that they offer in a bundle, and each bundle is available only for a limited time. Um, if you miss out on the bundle, you have to buy the books individually from each author. Uh, we feature each bundle only once, and once it's gone, it's gone. 
again, one of the central concepts is that you get to decide how much each bundle is worth to you. That's the thing. Um, think each individual bundle, uh, each individual book in a bundle of five books is worth $2. That's fine. Pay $10 and get five books. Only think they're worth $1 each because you're not sure if you like a certain genre. That's fine too. If you want to reward these authors and encourage more independent writers by giving a bit more, that's also fantastic. So you can kind of, it's like, you can choose how much you want to pay for the bundle. Um, they started off at a suggested price of, of $20, um, but then when it gets up to a certain point, uh, there's a bonus that goes into effect. Yeah, that's the David Brin they, book. Yeah, and so they release a, a new book into the bundle, um, and it's usually pre a pretty awesome, awesome title. You also get to uh, determine the split. So 30% right by default goes to story bundle, 70% to the authors. You can change that. You can slide that thing all the way to 100% for the author or 100% for story bundle. <laughs> like you get to decide the split too, which is pretty, pretty interesting. Uh, but yeah, these are all good space opera books. I'm yeah, assuming I haven't read all of them. I, I shouldn't really say that, but they look good. Yeah, we got The Outpost by Mike Resnick. We've got Outlaw by Edward W. Robertson. We've got the Novum Trilogy, book one, Crucible by Moira Katzen. Um, uh, Starfire by B.V. Larson and a number of others. So definitely check this one out if you love space opera. And who doesn't? Yeah. I know I do. Thank you, Robin, for posting that in the Goodreads. Mm -hmm. Tamahome uh, posted that the self-published sci-fi sensation Zenith is the latest ebook to make the jump to physical media. Well, it, who knows? Maybe another one has made it since I and I made this post. But on August 8th, <laughs> when German Lucier uh, made this post, that was the, the thing. Uh, the Andromeda Saga is already a New York Times bestseller. Uh, Harlequin, a division of HarperCollins, has acquired the rights to release the full series as three-dimensional products. Yeah, and Harlequin. this is kind of cool. This this Harlequin, yeah. The um the book which is uh, written by Sasha Alsberg and Lindsay Cummings. Um so the first part was released in ebook format and it wasn't even the complete book. And it shot to the top of the ebook bestseller list. And so obviously that generated a ton of buzz and so it got picked up. Uh but this is this is great news and I love that it's um uh, I, I believe both female authors, and and that's pretty cool as well. Bloody Baroness and her all-girl crew fly across the galaxy on the Marauder and are tested by an evil bounty hunter with links to the Baroness's past. At the same time, a mysterious evil ruler on the planet Zen Ptera is biding her time to tear the universe in half, and it's up to the Bloody Baroness and her crew to unravel the mystery. Oh boy, that sounds pretty good. I love stuff like that. Yeah. so I'd be excited. I'd be excited. I didn't about know that Harlequin one. was doing straight-on sci-fi. Yeah, I don't think I did either. That's pretty Very cool. Very cool. Uh, finally, well, no, not quite finally. We've got a couple of awards. So finally, we have two stories about awards. The first of which, Amy points out, you can now vote for the Dragon Con Awards. Yay! Uh, we're not like going to be there. Uh, so Yeah, even <laughs> though is, we are not good. going to be there, your votes can... Uh, and the nominees are out. Now, if you go to the DragonCon site, you're just going to get the voting sign-up thing, which has to send you an email and all that. Um, but they have released the nominees. And, oh, look at that. The Life Engineered by J.F. Dubow is up for Best Science Fiction Novel. Oh, look oh. at that. Asteroid Made of Dragons by G. Derek Adams is up for Best Fantasy Novel. Oh. Oh. So that's oh, all you really oh, need to know. And look at this. Oh, and weird. An unattractive vampire is is up for best horror novel. Oh yeah. Okay. So those are the three things you need to know. Is mm, that mm -hmm. uh, you're gonna vote for those three, right? Thanks. Great. No, there's also Our a lot. Our work lots here of is done. 
<laughs> uh, Raising Came by Charles E. Gannon, Ancillary Mercy by Anne Leckie, Agent of the Imperium by Mark Miller, Aurora by Kim Stanley Robinson, oh. and Some Wither, A Tale of the Unwithering Realm by John C. Wright are all up for best sci-fi. Uh, best Fantasy, as of course we mentioned an Asteroid Made of Dragons, Bloodhound by James Osiris Baldwin, The Aeronauts Windless by Jim Butcher, <laughs> Son of the Black Sword by Larry Correa, Changelings Island by Dave Freer, The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison, and Grave Measures by R.R. Verdi. Oh, some, uh, so steep talk. The life engineer by J.F. Dubow is being mentioned in the same breath as Aurora by Kim Stanley Robinson and Ancillary Mercy by Anne Leckie, and Asteroid Made of Dragons is in the same breath as the fifth season. This is pretty amazing. That is, I, I'm very proud of our authors and, and very excited for them. And I'm sorry we can't be there this year, but we are with you in your hearts and minds and with the power of our audience that hopefully they will vote. Yeah, so get out there at application, oh wait, what was the uh, the URL? It's, uh, yeah, application.dragoncon.org slash dc underscore fan underscore awards underscore sign up dot php. We'll have that link in the show notes too. Yeah, it'll be in the show notes. Just for you. Uh, Also, Sandra pointed out that the Aurora Award winners have been announced. Uh, This is the Canadian Science Fiction and Fantasy Association Awards. Best English Novel went to A Daughter of No Nation by A.M. Delamonica. Best English Young Adult Novel went to An Inheritance of Ashes by Leah Bobet. Best English Short Fiction, Waters of Versailles by Kelly Robson. Best English Poem, Origami Crane, Light Defying Spaceship by Naru Dames Sundar. Very cool. Congratulations to all the nominees and winners. Um, where are the best French novels? They, That's a good question. Maybe a separate award? Do maybe. they have a separate award for that? We. Oui. <laughs> we. Oui. All right. Well, now it is time for Barrier Sword, which is our feedback from the audience. Our first post tonight um, is an interesting one and, and kind of, uh, you know, made me think a lot about my, my own process of reading. This one comes from Brad. He says, I love reading. I want to consume as many books as possible, but at times I have a difficult time reading. There are times when it's effortless and I get lost in a book. Before I know it, I'll have read 50 pages and never even thought about the physical act of reading. Then there are times where... It's like I keep stumbling over the words and it just doesn't flow and I have to keep backing up and rereading what I just read. Things weren't always this way for me. It was always effortless for me even as a kid, but the past five years or so, it's been difficult. Could this be mild dyslexia or just concentration issues? Does anyone have any tips on how to get the words to flow into my brain better? Uh, there's lots of great suggestions, lots of great theories in in this thread uh, to help Brad out. But I would say, Brad, don't worry about it too much. Uh, the ability to focus and concentrate weakens as we get older. Uh, also, you may just have a lot more going on in your life. And so your brain is trying to like rip you away to say, hey, you should be thinking about work or worrying about your mortgage or your kids or, or whatever. Like this doesn't sound terribly serious to me. And the other part, the other contributing factor is some books grab you more than others. So you may have just had a streak of reading a bunch of books that just for whatever reason weren't entirely grabbing you. Hopefully that's not our fault <laughs> with the sword and laser picks. Um, but yeah, I mean, this has definitely happened to me before. There are some books that I've had to really, really just force myself to get through. Um, as you know, like we we try not to lend books here at Sword and Laser. Uh, but once in a while, I, I ugh, it's a real slog to get through something for, for whatever reason. Either the story's not grabbing me or the characters aren't that engaging or... 
I'm tired or like you said, there's tons of other stuff going on in my life and my brain keeps kind of jumping away from the task at hand. I mean, that happens with, to me with a lot of things, like when I'm trying to churn through emails, for example, or, or practice my SQL or whatever it is I'm doing at the very moment. Um, so yeah, I, I think I wouldn't worry too much as long as you're finding that you're still enjoying reading and and it he it, he says later that he's having no problem getting through audiobooks. So, you know, it's just find the time and and go with the flow. If it works, it works. If it doesn't, you know, set the book down for a little while, go do something else for a little bit and come back to it. If you're interested in the story, uh, if you're not, then pick something else. It's it's not a big deal. Reading should be about enjoyment. And so you should get as much out of it as you can. But don't don't force yourself if you're feeling stressed out about it. Yeah, and I think some of the best advice in this thread and the the advice that Brad seems to be ready to take is just step down your reading a bit for a while. Maybe maybe you're just flooding your brain too much. Take a take a little break. Uh, move away from it. Um, I even get this with audiobooks sometimes where I'll be, I use listen to audiobooks a lot when I'm running and there'll mm-hmm. be certain times where I'm running where I'll just realize I just drifted away for five minutes thinking about something else and I have to skip back and rewind mm-hmm. to find out what it was. It's usually when I'm worrying about some other thing and it's just, it's like, you know what? I just need to take a break and, and concentrate on that thing until I get it out of my head. And then once I do and I go back, then the book's totally fine. It wasn't the book's fault at all. Totally. I I 100% agree. So good luck, Brad. Let us know how it goes. Now, lots of you wrote in with suggestions about uh, the Angel Noir author that we couldn't remember last time we did a book club episode. Uh, Rob started the thread a few weeks ago wondering what it was. Well, none of us were right. Uh, Thank you for all the (laughs) suggestions. Rob himself says that he was misremembering the whole situation, but he told us in the best way possible. Now, Tom, I, I was really hoping that you could do this in your best, like, radio guy voice to read Rob's, uh, basically, retelling of this situation. Oh, my gosh, he's got a prop. Okay, okay, I'm so excited. Okay, Tom. I was back in my office by five. It had been a case with as many turns as a lost millennial playing Pokemon Go while driving. as dangerous, too. And now that it was finally closed, I wondered if it was worth it. Turns out that what I was looking for didn't even exist. All I'd done was proven I'd gotten old. I'd forgotten things. I'd warped them to fit my own twisted narrative. I poured myself a slug and didn't bother to taste it as it went down, then left my office again to go home. It was late. The streets were darker with something more than night. Now, Rob says, of course, he can't take credit for that last line. He says, to be clear, that last line isn't me. It's my favorite Chandler quote. Ah, Chandler, of course. So that was well done. I I loved the, um, you know, the the notification took me out a little bit. The notification (laughs) ping uh, took me out of the moment a little bit. But otherwise, I thought. Also, Brad, turn off notification. (laughs) 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 Perfect. So yeah, I guess I guess we're all we're all wrong. I love how we all invented like ideas of who it possibly could have been, but I'm glad we got this out of the I whole still thing. Feel like so there that was something, even though I know now there wasn't. That's so funny. I'm still convinced I was thinking of Adam Christopher, but about something different. Yeah. So what can you do? We'll call like, it Adam Christopher. Like Ian Tregellis, Adam Christopher, and and Tad Williams. We all like had a big lump there at some point. They were all doing similarish stuff. Whatever. I remember I even like awkwardly asked one of them like, "Why is this book so similar to this book?" And they were like, "I have my own ideas." Because I rip off all my ideas for the people, <laughs> <I'm> obviously. Belmont. <like, laughs> don't be mad at me. 
Um, so that was cool. Well, thanks everyone for, for writing in and uh, contributing stories to Quick Burns as always and for sharing all your stuff over on goodreads.com. Um, so yeah, the, the book of the month this month is uh, The Witcher. Um, it is the first book uh, in the Witcher series, The Last Wish. And oh, man, another, you know, I didn't think this one was going to be so divisive, uh, but some people are having trouble with it. I loved it. I listened to the audiobook. I'm done. I'm, I'm not done spoil too. Anything. I just burned right through it. I yeah. listened to it constantly. I enjoyed it so much. Uh, what it, one of the things I love about it is how he uses extremely familiar fairy tale tropes. Now, I, I know he's Polish, and a lot of these are based on Polish fairy tales, but they have so much in common with German fairy tales and, and Mother Goose and, and stuff that I get a lot of them, you know, the things about unicorns and, and et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when he does those and then just twists the, not twist them in an evil way, but just turns them on their head and ha- has Geralt just sort of dismiss it as like, well, everybody knows there aren't any djinn. Like, that's just that's just a myth. <laughs> you know? Like, know? we're supposed to believe that there is like... Yeah, there's striggers and there. monsters with bear heads and all kinds of other stuff. But djinn, come on, give me a break. Nobody believes Genie in Genie in a bottle? That. Please, that's, that's a Christina Aguilera song and nothing more. Oh, man, now that's going to be in my head. Awesome. Um, but uh, yeah, so I, I got a big kick out of it. I thought the the audiobook narrator was was fabulous. Um, I thought it was very funny. There was a lot of great um, comedic like interference from Dandelion. And um, who, by the way, I always thought was named Dandelion yeah. because I just read his name. Sure. No, it makes perfect sense. Game. Yeah. Though I know they must have said his name in the video game, too. So I think I just whatever zoomed through those parts too quickly and read the text instead of actually listening to the voice actors do their wonder. He is a dandy. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of his whole thing. He's a he's a troubadour um, and he's wonderful. Um, and uh, Yennefer did not sound at all the way I expected her to. Um, but she was she was good. There was mention of, of, of Triss Marigold, who's another character that I love from the video game. So I thought it was a really great introduction to, to the stories. Did, did um, one of the villagers in uh, I'm, I'm trying to be non spoilery. So in, in one of the later stories, remind you of Hagrid? One of in the, the audiobook. It's one of the um no. I think I know who you're talking about, but I don't think so. I, kept, I liked him though. I kept wanting him first. to be about about to say, You're a wizard, Geralt. <laughs> and he'd be like, No, I'm a witcher. And I'm a wizard witcher. is an entirely different, different thing. I don't even like wizards. Yeah. Wizards are terrible. Exactly. <laughs> So, uh, but anyway, um, so Michelle made a post in the forums that completely blew my mind. Uh, she says, so Poland made one season of a Witcher TV show. It's kind of horribly bad, but watchable. She says, I really like the guy who plays Geralt, but wow, the effects had no budget and they really messed around with the tales themselves and the order. Anyways, if you're curious and can find it, it's out there. Um, oh, I think the series was also chopped up into two into a two-hour movie or something. Don't do that one. <laughs> uh, so I went and, and scrolled through the first episode on YouTube. Uh-huh. It's on YouTube. And it, it looks to be a very origin story about Geralt and how he becomes a witcher. Um, but there's no subtitles. So I'm, I'm hoping I can find a version somewhere online with subtitles attached. Um, and I think... Uh, uh, Michelle or, or Michael. Michael. Yeah, I was wondering he's, about he that. He is too. Canadian, so I don't and know if Polish. he's French Canadian. Oh, shoot. 
Okay. Anyway, um, he uh, he also has like a huge collection. Well, he has the of- entire series on VCD. If that tells you yeah. anything, right there. He's got all the books. That's awesome. Um, he, yeah, he he posted an, uh, a link to his big col- a photo of his big collection of stuff, and he says he's been a fan forever. And there were no other Witcher fans in Canada when he was a kid, Aww. so he had to like work really hard to build up his collection. Um, so so I'm excited that he gets to share his enthusiasm for the oh. for the stories. The TV Geralt now. has longer hair than I would have imagined. My video game Geralt could have all sorts of hairdos. Mm. I would switch them all the time. Sometimes he'd be shaved on the side, but have like a long ponytail on top. Other times he'd just have long flowing locks. Other times he'd be just like in a half ponytail. You know, it just depended on yeah. how he how felt, he felt that, that day. day. What he was, yeah, what he was in the mood for. Like his and live journal mood. Yeah, he was like feeling witchery. <laughs> he was probably always feeling a little witchery. Yeah. Being a witcher. And, you know, I I take umbrage with a commenter on Goodreads. I said that I played Geralt as what? You're shaking your head. Taking By the way, umbrage we, with a commenter on the internet. <laughs> Someone on the internet is wrong. <laughs> hmm. Um, who said, I, I, I'm sorry, I, I didn't pull up the link, so I, I'm forgetting who said it. But they, they took umbrage with the fact that I played Geralt as I said, quote, like chaotic good or like whatever yeah whatever D D like yeah. thing i put him in he's like no he's he's you know he can't you can't say that he's like maybe i said he was like i don't i wouldn't have said he was lawful good because i don't think i'd agree with that but someone's gonna pull up the audio file of me saying that and i'm gonna be like anyway he disagreed on. with what you characterized him yes she i believe she did okay um and i still think i still think he's chaotic good I'm going to stick to that because I think he has a moral code and it is a moral code based in doing the right thing. And sometimes doing the right thing has the wrong consequences. But I think he always intends to do the right thing for the most part. He's very practical, though. Like there are things that other people think are the good that he's like, no, it's not. That doesn't matter. Like like you say, he has his own code. Well, that's why I think chaotic good mm. makes sense mm-hmm. to me because he's a little, he's, it's unpredictable, but he has his own kind of own sense of morality. One of the things that I love about the David Tennant Doctor Who is when he's backed up against the wall and he comes out with the confidence of his correctness, not in a self-righteous way. But in a in a oh you've messed with you've pushed my patience too far you've mm-hmm. messed with the wrong person and the Witcher does that too, the mm-hmm. Witcher is very patient he doesn't lash out you know he 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 waits until the situation is really you know intense before he acts but there are times when you know I'm thinking of a particular scene where he's tied up uh, where he's like mm-hmm. you're like no you're 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 you can't get out of this and he's and the Witcher himself is like. Yeah, yeah, I can. And, and you know what? I don't even care if I can't. I'm not giving in on my position. Go ahead and kill me. Uh, and mm-hmm. I just, I love that sort of reckless confidence that gets him out of the situations. Right. One of my favorite characters, I think, of all time. I, I just love him. I'm almost finished with the video game, and I'm going to be really sad. Well, Rob Secundus, again, um, wanted to have a, a place for generic discussion about Polish stuff. As he says, or rather, Poland stuff. Um, so this is kind of a long thread, but they, they he goes into Geralt's whole deal about refusing to choose 
between the lesser of two evils, uh, which Rob says is a super Catholic approach to morality. Um, Novellan's story uh, really seems similar to Uprooted in some of its details. Um, so perhaps they're both drawing on some of the same Polish source material, folklore. Um, and how much of the monster stuff here is uniquely Poland? I doubt Poland has folktales about Sylvans, but are Striga Polish monsters? Hmm. So there's, yeah, interesting, interesting stuff there. There's a lot of different kinds of vampires that, that Geralt talks about and how many of those are generalized versus Poland specific. Um, so yeah, there's some, there's some good, uh, there's some good answers. Uh, Michael or Michelle, sorry, says uh, Strigas are uniquely Polish. Uh, they often get called vampires in translation, but they're not the same thing. The actual vampires in The Witcher owe more to Bram Stoker than traditional beliefs, I think. There's lots of Slavic and specifically Polish fairy tale material in The Witcher books, but there's French, German, and English stuff, including direct ties to Arthurian legend in equal measure. Also, references to other modern fantasy work from the 60s to 80s that Sword and Laser members are probably familiar with. Well, and particularly uh, we, in the original post by Rob, he mentions that Novellan's story seems similar to Uprooted, and Michael Michel says... Uprooted wasn't based on a traditional Polish fairy tale. I think the one Naomi Novik referred to was written in the 20s, but Sapkowski is blatantly riffing on Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I I, I found that to be pretty clear um, personally, but I can see now, God, we never compared Uprooted to Beauty and the Beast, which perhaps we should have at the time. That's a really good, that's an interesting parallel also. So be our guest and make your own comparisons. <gasps> that, wait, be our, that is from Beauty and the Beast. Mm. That was good. Thank you. I, I, my favorite of the stories, do you have a favorite? Can you pick a favorite? Uh, probably the Novellan story was my favorite. Novellan story is really good. I like that yeah. one a lot too. My favorite story though <laughs> I can't remember now how to describe it. Well, I've tried to describe it without spoilers. It's like the second to last one. Okay. So the, the, um, the was that the, oh, is that the, the, the devil? Uh, no, the one before the devil. The, um, well, yeah, cause the last the, one the is butcher, actually the butcher the of Blaviken. Yes. Yes. The butcher okay. of Blaviken. Yes. So that, I don't know if that's the name of the story, but that's where that his work Geralt's title comes from. Um, so that is something that I was really fascinated by because in the third Witcher game, you have an option to uh, to compete an attorney, and they give you an option of three different titles that you can go by, and one of them is the Butcher of Blaviken. Interesting. And I was like, "What's the story of that?" Yeah, and now, and and it, now I know it, that name is dropped earlier in one of the other stories as well. So yeah, I I loved it. I, I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, I know it's it's a pretty light, fun read, pulp fantasy, as a lot of people were calling it in the forums as well. Um, but I I thought it was a nice nice little change of pace. It was it was immensely digestible for me. Yeah, and and smart though. Like calling it pulp is not an insult. Like this this is not a book that is literary. It doesn't have sweeping vistas and 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 and, and soaring <laughs> soaring metaphors. But it also is terribly smart. Uh, there is a lot going on. There's a lot of layers to the little winks and nods that he's doing. And I guess that's why like, I, I would call it clever. Yeah. yeah. Very cleverly written. I would agree. Um, so just a little uh, uh, inside baseball here. So our next uh, regular episode is going to be the 25th. So that's next week. 
Um, and then we're going to have a little bit of a gap. Well, and the, the point there is that it's on a Thursday. So if you're already like trying to get used to these being on Wednesdays, we're going to throw you right. off even more and put it out on a Thursday next week. Did we ever even talk about the fact that we switched it to Wednesdays? Yeah, I don't know if we did, but guess what? We switched <laughs> it to Wednesdays. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, we switched the show to Wednesdays. And but forget uh, that because next week's on a Thursday. Next week is Thursday, and then we're going to have a big long break because Tom's going to be in Japan, mm-hmm. and I'm going to be out of town in Portland. Um, so we're uh, the next episode after the 25th will be September 14th. Um, so we're going to wrap up The Witcher next week. Um, and we'll kick off the next book next week as well, I think, would yeah. be the right thing to do. Yeah, no, um, I think that's right. And so keep a, keep an eye out on the forums, too. I'll try to give you a heads up, but definitely give a heads up to the patrons of what that book will be. I, I have I have a book in mind, and I just want to settle on it. Okay, sounds good. Well, you got you got a couple days, yeah. so don't worry about it too much. Um, so yeah, that, that about wraps up everything. Uh, 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 oh, gosh, the episode was chock full of stuff. I totally lost my train of thought there for a second. Nuestro all that omission. What, what? You know, you have to say that in Japanese now. Oh, uh, gomen nasai. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> oh, man. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, as, as you know, our show is currently entirely funded by our patrons. Thank you so much to all the folks who back our show. And if you want to chip in, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. You could also support the show by buying books through our links. Find the links to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. Leave us a review on iTunes. We love seeing those. If you want to get in touch with us, our email address is feedback at swordandlaser.com. Our website is swordandlaser.com. All of our discussions happen over on the newly redesigned Goodreads, which many of you hate, at goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. And you can call and leave us a voicemail at 4157-SWORD-6. We'll see you next time. Bye. Audio program so good, it's like you're there!